<laughs> well, let's get into the Word of God this morning. Did you come expecting to hear from the Holy Spirit? Yes. I always like to say that at the beginning of the message because yep. it's so important that you do come and you open up your heart by faith to receive from the teacher of the church. I mean, we were up here teaching or preaching, but it's the Holy Spirit who takes what we're saying and breaks it apart and makes it meaningful to you. And so let's, we just yep. open up our heart this morning to the Holy Spirit to do that. We are um, continuing in this series on, we titled What on Earth is Happening, and we've been talking about some hot button issues in the, in the culture. Uh, if you would open your Bible this morning, though, to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, uh, you know, today we're going to look at spiritual warfare and our need to armor up. Mm-hmm. As we face the things that we've been talking about, as we face the world, the issues in the world, what's the Bible have to say about it, and what, how does he want us to respond? And so today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and the, the armor that God has given us. Um, we're going to just start on it. We're going to start on it, yeah. <laughs> it's such a deep subject, and it's well, important it's, that yeah. we get a hold of it. So let's pray before we begin the Word of God. Father, we ask you. Uh, in the name of Jesus, I, I ask you, Father, to give us revelation mm-hmm. and insight as we look into your word, Lord, and specifically about the nature of spiritual warfare. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to be aware of the day and time that we live in and what we are seeing around us. Lord, yes. we need spiritual discernment. And your word promises us that to give us that, that we could stand and resist and overcome, and that we could walk in victory in the days ahead in our lives, and, and not just for ourselves, Lord, but your word wants us to help set other captives free. Yes. And so help us, Holy Spirit. We give you this time, and we give you our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So last week, uh, we looked at what the Bible has to say about some the, the popular New Age uh, practices with crystals and witchcraft, and I would encourage you, if you haven't heard, we, I, this is part what? Six. So on each of the other five parts, we showed videos to help uh, bring out the point of that message topic that day. I'd encourage you to go back Mm. and listen to those if you have not heard, because we cannot really bring you up uh, in one message today on it. But we talked about New Age practices last week and the the use of crystals and, and witchcraft. And then before that, we spoke about what the Bible has to say about gender issues. There's a lot of gender confusion with gender identity out there in the world that is affecting the church. We mm-hmm. talked about a gay marriage. Uh, can a person with same-sex attraction come out of that lifestyle by the grace of God? We said yes, and again, I'd encourage you to go back and just listen to some of the testimonies of people that are Christians that have come out of uh, same-sex attraction and that lifestyle. Um, and so this past week, you know, there was even in the news... A megachurch pastor uh, who spoke openly. I mean, megachurch, I'm talking 40,000 people attending his church. That's a big church. <laughs> and um, coming out openly just through his own, I mean, his, the name is Andy Stanley. I mean, he, he came out openly so I could say his name openly. Just his stance on right. gay marriage and homosexuality in the church and I do agree with him that people 
that are same-sex attracted should be invited to come and worship God, but not, not with the affirmation that we are going to affirm the lifestyle. Eventually, we have to follow what Scripture says about the lifestyle. Right. We all come into the church with sin attached to us. We're all resisting some form of sin often in our lifestyle. And so we can agree that way, but it's a slippery slope to where what, what it is that he's publicly proclaiming right. um, that God has made some people homosexual and basically you can't really do anything about that. And so we disagree with him on that, and many people in the body of Christ disagree with him on that. And what's troublesome is that it's not biblical at all. And he, that church carries a lot of influence in the body of Christ, not just for the 40,000 people that go, mm -hmm. but for his ministry is really worldwide. He's created, that, that church has created children's curriculums that many churches use. Um, and so it carries authority and weight in the body of Christ. And there are just multiplied thousands of people. Well, even when you hear it, you have to decide what you believe right. when you hear it and where you stand. <clears throat> And, the, and there are people in the body of Christ that are taking stands on it. But I, I think to myself, what on earth is happening? I mean, some people stepped right out and said, this is heretical teaching. And I think, this is a person who's been <laughs> teaching the gospel for years. Yeah. I, again, what on earth is happening around us? It's, it's the, and this is a controversy that is pushing, pushing closer and closer to the church, where churches will have to come out publicly and take a stand on their belief, where do you go with it in Scripture? And we, we, again, are not going to review that in our past messages. We have said where we stood in it. But I believe, you know, that this issue is not going away anytime soon. In fact, it's going to just become more prominent mm -hmm. for the church, for the body of Christ. And we're going to see, I call it a shaking. You know, when COVID began, we were having our, our uh, prayer meetings. We, were, we prayed a lot about that, recognizing that the Lord was shaking, allowing a shaking to come into, into, the, his, into the world and even into the body of Christ. Right. To sift, <clears throat> to sift our hearts. Where do we stand on these issues? And now these, these, some of these things are becoming very prominent, very easy to go. Do you, are you going to go this way or this way? It's a sifting that the Lord is allowing. And the purpose of it is to refine his church. Yes. Is to find out... Determine in your own heart, what do I believe? How far will I go in my stand for truth? And some, as we're resisted and refined, are going to press into God and go, what exactly does your word say? Correct. Which is what God wants. And I think others, we're seeing it, not just in, in, well, we're seeing a lot of it actually in the church, but apostasy happening. Yep. Right before our eyes, a falling away. People just walking away from truth. And it is a sign. Scripture says that this is a sign of end times. The end times. <clears throat> Jesus said that uh, deception would be uh, one of the greatest tools that uh, the enemy will use in the last days. <clears throat> Excuse me. And deception is his mode of operation. It's ever since he was in touch with, uh, well, mankind, but even yeah. before that. And uh, we have this time in history where it really is important for us to be able to discern what truth is. And that it's the word of God will anchor our souls. But with technology and social media 
it's, it's what is happening here. You find that this deception is spreading much more rapidly and it's going everywhere. It's going all the way around the, the world and it has the potential to influence not just a 40,000-member church, but it has the influence to uh, touch the whole world in different countries in a greater way and in shorter period of time. Uh, Listen, with the church declining in attendance, belief in God and Jesus faltering in many areas, the Bible being removed from every facet of our, our culture, Potential for uh, deception is just growing daily. And the key is for us, you know, understand that deception, if you believe a lie long enough, if you keep hearing that lie over and over, what's going to happen is that over a period of time, you're going to believe the lie. And you'll say, this lie is true. You'll, you'll be deceived. This is what's so important. Even James says, be careful not to be self-deceived. Amen. Uh, what we have to do is throw our thinking away and accept what the Word of God says. <clears throat> In the last, let's, let's face it, the, you know, it's been a slow progression of dulling people down to the holiness of God and the conviction of sin. Nowadays, there is no sin. That's, that's, the, that's the culture. There is no sin. Whatever's right for you is right for you. Have your own truth. And it's spreading because of the technology that we have. I don't think that in the last 30 years there's been very many pulpits that are preaching about the holiness of God or the conviction of sin. And then, as a matter of fact, in the 90s, what was the big rage in churches was called seeker-friendly churches. The idea was to invite as many people to come to church as you could. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He came to seek and save the lost. He loves the world that God the Father loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But the seeker-friendly thing took it a little too far by saying, don't talk about sin because you'll make them uncomfortable. Certainly don't talk about the holiness of God or the fear of God. You know, they won't come if you do that. It's been, it's a sad thing because there we know of churches that actually took out of their church libraries anything that had to do with the fear of God. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And you know what does it say in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7? It says, says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, when he talks about fools, he's not talking about somebody who is ignorant. He's talking about somebody who is uh, proud in themselves, who is uh, unteachable, uh, totally confident in themselves, lacking humility toward God. That's, that's who the fool is. Yeah, the low, it's not low IQ. You know? No, definitely not low yeah. IQ. You know, and in our uh, Bible reading plan, the, the read through the Bible plan this week, the Bible Project had a really great video mm. on holy, the word holy and what does it mean, explaining it. And holy is a main attribute of God. Like around the throne of God, 
what are they shouting? <clears throat> holy, 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 holy <laughs> are you Lord. But the deception is, and that's what we're talking about in spiritual warfare, the deception, the warfare that comes against the mind is that, mm -hmm. well, for one thing, just reject God. You don't need God. Or become numb or blind to his holiness. And why? Because if you don't have a holy God, then you don't have a sin concept. You don't have a concept of sin. Think about it. And without a sin concept, what happens? Our conscience won't function properly. That's right. I mean, conscience is our God-given <laughs> capacity to recognize and know right from wrong, good from evil. It's a moral compass or a moral consciousness that's coming from the Word of God, a holy God. Like, think about it, the Ten Commandments. There was once a day when the Ten Commandments were allowed to be posted. In schools. In schools or in public places, courtrooms. Yep. But they've been taking statues down all over the place, and the Ten Commandments have come down. But this was the moral law of the land. Think about it. And it guided people's conscience right. to know right from wrong. Even if you weren't a Christian, it was training the conscience. But if you remove those things from the land, and this we're talking about mm -hmm. spiritual warfare and the work of the enemy. If you remove those things from the land, which is happening has happened in the United States, and you, you keep socially programming people right. with a secular worldview. God is not in this. God is not allowed here. Don't pray here. Which is coming through the media. It's coming through the government. It's coming through educational institutions. Right. Just like what you were saying, to believe that truth is personal. I can decide my own truth. You know, the gender is not biological. The feelings... Your feelings are the most important thing to guide your life. How do you feel about it? Live out of your feelings. Mm. If you keep flipping, you know, the concept of right from and wrong, and you call evil good and you call good evil, haven't we been seeing that? Yes. Yeah. Well, then our conscience, people's consciences get all out of whack, and you get desensitized, you get numb to what, was once recognized as good or evil. Right. Do you see this happening around us? Yeah. Little by little, consciences are getting seared. First Timothy 4.1 says this. You want to put it up on the screen, but it's good to know where these places yes. are in your Bible. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience, there. what? Seared with a hot iron. Mm -hmm. Paul warns, you know, he's talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy in the first chapter of that book. And he said, by rejecting their conscience, people will make shipwreck of their faith. Because you begin to presume or assume yeah. something is right when it's wrong. And if you're not teachable, you could be in trouble. Come on. <laughs> but thank God he's yeah. given us wisdom. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. given us the word of God. He's given us his own spirit, the Holy Spirit on the inside of Hallelujah. us to guide us so that we can have discernment as we look out into the world and see these things happen and we can overcome Amen. and then we can help other people overcome. Amen. And that brings us today's message. Did everybody find Ephesians chapter 6? Yes. 
Yeah. All right, good. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, dealing with uh, spiritual warfare, and really, in a sense, we, the church, have to armor up. We have to uh, put on the whole armor of God. And so we're going to start in verse 10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Put on the whole armor of God. Yeah. Yeah. That you may be successful to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, but against powers, against master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly sphere. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day. And having done all, to stand firmly in your place. Spiritual warfare is a theme that runs throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. It's better understood in the New Testament, that is for sure. Because, uh, now I want you to understand this. The Bible is progressive revelation. Now, there are no more books to be added to the Bible and nothing to be taken away from the Bible. It's not like other religions who claim progressive revelation, so they're writing something new. The canon of the Bible is closed. We gain our insight from what it is. So in this idea of progressive revelation, the Old Testament is filled with types and shadows. And it's opened up and revealed to us in the New Testament. These types and shadows foretold of what Jesus' ministry would be like and what he would do. Understand that. It's revealed. The Old Testament, what was hidden in the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament. That's what I'm talking about when I say progressive Progressive. revelation. That's good. Understand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, you know, when you read the Gospels, we can see easily see that Jesus looked at his worldview was truly, he's in spiritual warfare constantly. Remember when he was tempted in the desert, in the wilderness? Spiritual warfare with the devil. And his ministry was what? Attacking the devil. He healed the sick and cast devils out. That's right. And remember what he told the woman who was bowed over? He called her up front in the synagogue. And he said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. And she straightened right up. Everybody was upset with him. Well, the religious people were upset with him because he did it on, on a uh, Sunday or in the synagogue. <clears throat> but he says, shouldn't this daughter of Abraham, be, whom Satan has bound, be free on the Sabbath day? Yeah. Now, Jesus do what? He came to set the captives free. Your Bible might say, set the prisoners free. There's no prisoners, there's no captives unless there is a war. Amen? That's right. (laughs) Yeah. And Jesus did not come to uh, 
destroy or conquer Rome's oppression. He came to destroy the works of the devil who was oppressing all of mankind at that point. And he came to set the captives free. Yes, yeah. This is our Lord. This is what he wants us to wake up to. Understand that you are in a spiritual war now every time you open your eyes. Sometimes even when you dream at night. That's true. If yeah. we, and in order for us to not to be ignorant of the devil's devices, we have to understand what he has done for us. Yes, but that we are in a war. And they, I think, like, think about the, what the Apostle Paul wrote about. Yeah. He saw the world through the lens of spiritual warfare. I mean, he wrote a lot in the, in the New Testament about Satan in 2 Corinthians 4, blinding the mm -hmm. minds of unbelievers. Right. Blinding takes place up here in your thinking, your thought life. This is where the war is, your perception. It turns, it's your belief system. So he's blinding people's minds to not understand, to reject the gospel. And then he said, Satan, in another place, masquerades how? Was an angel of light. Right. And so, in other words, we can be drawn into things that, like we talked about the crystals last week. Well, this isn't bad. Look, this is helpful with people. This is going to help me know my future. He masquerades as an angel of light to deceive. Scripture is written in Ephesians, don't go, go, go to bed angry. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah. Why? You think like, well, I'll just go to bed mad. Who cares? Well, it says you're gonna, you'll give a foothold to the devil. Have we ever thought about that? How important it is that we deal with our anger yes. and learn to walk, you know, in reconciliation and forgiveness with people. These things are important. We yes. leave doors open that we don't realize or we don't pay attention to in Scripture. And then I think inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, he wrote what we just read. Yep. Principalities, powers, well, this is what we're dealing with. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. And then the Apostle Peter. Yes. I mean, these are just things that can come off the top of your head. He wrote that the devil, what does he do? He roams around, it says, as a roaring lion, seeking someone whom he may devour. So resist him in the yes. faith. So these are things we must understand. So when we go about our daily life, we must be listening to the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Otherwise, we do become deceived. And so we say this because... We've read statistically that half the church or more doesn't really believe in the devil. These are church people who aren't reading their Bible. They're captured. I mean, how could you read the Bible and say, we're reading from the Bible, and say the devil doesn't exist? I'm not sure what faith you have in, in what book you have. Right. But any honest reader of the New Testament can see that Jesus and the apostles believed and we're aware of this spiritual reality. Correct. And not to remain, this is, this is the exhortation from Scripture, don't remain ignorant, don't be passive about this, because God's given us weapons. That's what we're going to begin to talk about today, yep. armor. And so even though to our five physical senses, these things don't seem real, and I think, you know, the intellectual minds of the world will laugh. Ha, 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 you believe in the devil, ha, ha. And I think, uh, this flip side of this is the devil's laughing at you True. because he's real and you actually are under the snare you're you're caught in his snare and what we have to realize when we talk about spiritual warfare is that jesus did soundly defeat the devil yes. when he died on the cross when he shed his blood on the cross he paid our sin debt 
he, that was our forgiveness of sin. Yes. The sin debt was paid. And when he rose from the grave, he rose in victory. It was our justification. We were justified. We were blameless now before yes. God. This is the best news in the world. That God so loved the world. This is why he sent Jesus. Yes. So that you and I could be welcomed back into the Father's family. Hallelujah. So he rises from the grave in resurrection life. When our sin debt was paid. Yes. When we were justified. He gave us right standing with God. And then he offers us the gift of eternal life. Through salvation. Through Christ. <laughs> I mean Jesus said in, in the gospel of John. The ruler of this world has been judged. He's already judged guilty. Yes. I mean, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So he could say that even before he went yes. to the cross. Yes. You're judged already. Guilty. The Satan knows he's awaiting final execution in the lake of fire. Yep. He knows that's his end. But although he, he's been judged, what we have to realize is his influence has not ended. Correct. So we are here... <laughs> As, as a kind of occupying army, if you will, right. to put the devil underfoot. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. It says, awaiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. And guess who's going to help him do that? Guess his who gets to do that? His church. We are the body of Christ. And so this is why we say the devil is under our feet. Because even if you feel like, well, I'm nobody in the body of Christ. I'm just a little toe on the right foot. Well... The devil's still under your feet. Amen? John 17, 15 says this. Great this, is, this is Jesus speaking. to the. He's praying to the Father before he, before he faces the cross. I don't ask that you take, you'll take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect Hallelujah. them from the evil one. So we've been given protection. That's Jesus' prayer. That's ongoing. The Father will fulfill that Amen. promise. And God's given us spiritual armor so we can face the enemy. We can resist. We can stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, be aware of his tactics and not be deceived. Right. You see, right. Satan doesn't fear you. He doesn't fear me. He fears Jesus. That's right. He fears the name of Jesus, the name above all names. He fears, what he fears is the word of God in the name of Jesus spoken from a person in with his faith. body who believes in that's faith. That's right. He's, he's hearing Jesus. That's right. When that person speaks. How did Jesus fight in the, in the battle that he had with him in the temptation? That's right, with the word of it God. It is written. It is written. We've got to understand the spiritual warfare. And the first thing we've got to do is you've got to make sure you're born again. If you're not born again, you have no defenses against Satan. None. But we are in Christ. Yeah. We're in Christ. And if yeah. you're in Christ, you're, the Bible says, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And a been, new creation. Yeah. Yeah. That means that old person that you used to be has been put down, and now you are born of his spirit, and now we're supposed to understand this new spiritual life. That's what the Bible is, gives us these instructions. But it goes back to verse 10. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Yeah, this is Ephesians 6.10. Yeah, Ephesians 6.10. I'm sorry, what did I say? You said verse 10. I just wanted to let them know it was a... We're yeah. back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians. <laughs> yes. 
Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. You have to think on this. This is what helped me so much. I didn't just read over this to get to the next verse. I wanted to... I wanted to experience this myself. I wanted this to be me. And so that was my prayer. Help me, Lord. Again, like Pastor Mavis said, the devil's not afraid of you. <laughs> but he is afraid of you if you speak the word of God in faith. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, in Colossians it says that our life is hid with Christ in God. Yeah. That's our protection. Mm-hmm. That's our protection, but you have to have faith in that, or those are just simple words. When you have faith in it, those are living words, and that's where you live. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. This is the key. Like I said, the first step is to be born again. The first step is to understand, just like we said, know God. Find purpose, find God-given purpose, and experience true life. Mm-hmm. This is it. And it goes back to James. James chapter 4, verse 7 says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. <laughs> Too many people just want to resist the devil without submitting to God. Yeah. If we submit to God... And said, your word is true. Your word is the truth. I'm going to live in your word. And then God covers us. He, he protects us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people, are, Christians are being martyred all over the world right now. And so you say, well, how is God protecting those guys? You can't say this world is all there is. This warfare is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, powers, and dominions. So when you leave this body, your spirit is alive. Now, God will keep you safely till you get to heaven. And they don't, I mean, so many of these people, their testimony is... Remarkable. Their faith, they go to their death in faith. And that is an overcoming victory. That is a victory against the devil. You have a crown of life. That's right. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. It says whole armor of God. You know, not just your favorite piece. (laughs) (laughs) Shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, you have to meditate on these things. Do you know the Bible declares that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You're, have you ever looked in the mirror and say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Sometimes that feels weird, doesn't it? Because you remember all your mistakes. But like Pastor Mamie said, when Christ rose from the dead, he justified you. Yeah. You're yeah. just. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we never make a, a mistake. It doesn't mean that we never stand. But what we do is because our conscience that Pastor Mamie mm-hmm. was talking about 
is yielding to God, we're submitting to God, that conscience that we have will be sensitive to right and wrong, and the Holy Spirit will convict us of that sin, and then we do what? Yes, right. <laughs> we repent. We, we go right to God. I'm submitting myself to you, Lord. I see what I've done. My attitude was terrible. I'm asking you to forgive me and strengthen me, Lord, so that I don't get tripped up the same way. Yeah. And what? God loves that prayer because when we're weak, he's strong. Yeah. And it says godly sorrow works life yes so when god is working that kind of sorrow over sin it brings life amen it brings grace to keep walking away from it yeah and we're not fighting these physical enemies yeah no it, we're not fighting yeah i our fight this is what we have to realize when we talk about spiritual warfare you know sometimes we can just make this woo like what in the world is it but it's taking place in our thought life come on what we believe in our mind our it, it, my belief system i have to Learn to examine my belief system. Yes. Because this is the major place the, the war occurs up here. Because notice it says, um, well, I think it was on the slide before that, that the we are standing against strategies and deceits. Yes. Well, where did these strategies and deceits, where are they? They're all <laughs> in the whole world system of thought around yes. us. Is God real? <laughs> Does he love you? Does he hate you? You know, and so his strategy is to get me to believe lies. He's the father of lies. Yep. And so if I keep believing a lie, it builds in another lie, turns into a belief system, yes. and I build strongholds in my thinking. I do it on my own. I mean, he just sort of suggests these things. The world will suggest it. People don't like you. You know, you're weird. You're not smart enough, whatever. And we run with it. We meditate on it, we think about it, and it builds into a belief system in our mind. And it all goes against the truth. That's right. Of the, of the truth that you've been made blameless before God if you've given your life to Christ. Right, you're loved. You've been made righteous. He's accepted you. Yes. He calls you beloved. He calls you his child. You know, you've been invited into his family. All these wonderful truths... But, of course, the strategy and deceit of the devil was to have you believe a lie. Right. And this is why knowing and abiding in the Word of God is so important. Because if I, yes. if I don't know the truth, how am I going to recognize a lie? Right? right? It's like, how, how can I? And the lie, you know, can present itself in thousands of different ways to a person. To how I see myself. Right. Like how I view others. What, can I trust other people? The lie will tell me that God is angry at you. Mm. That I'm a worthless nothing. Or go the complete opposite direction and build your ego up so big. Right. That you don't need anybody and anybody to tell you anything. You know everything. You're just amazing. <laughs> You're also a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can create my own destiny. Nobody can tell me anything. You know, yeah. Right? <laughs> I've got it all, and I deserve it all, too. Yeah, there you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah, live your best life now. People owe me. So what the devil is after in the strategy and deceit is to de deceive you with a lie. Yes. And not just you, but he wants to deceive your children and your family. He wants yes. other generations to be <sighs> deceived. 
put you because in bondage. Because deception, yeah. yeah. What does deception do? Well, it puts you in bondage. Yes, it does. But abiding in the truth, Jesus said, if you know the truth, you're my disciple indeed. Yes, And when you hallelujah. know the truth, the truth will what? Set, Set you, you free. free. This, is the, this is the work that the Holy Spirit is prodding us towards. Yes. You know, the first thing that we have to do in our spiritual warfare, to take a stand in our spiritual warfare, is first, I have to know that I am in Christ. I have to work at submitting my life to his lordship, following the way he says life truly is. And, we, and here's, the, here's the thing, what happens, you know, we're all learning this, but once you get a handle on stuff, then you start to resist the devil. But here's the key. You cannot resist the devil when you're in blatant sin and unrepented lifestyle. You can't say, all right, I categorize this part of my life. I'm doing good here, and I'm resisting the devil. Then over here, I'm just running with the devil. That's mixed seed, so to speak. You can't do that. You, you will walk away from the power God has for you. This is important. We submit to God, then we resist the devil. That's right. Yeah. Listen, we're not going to do this perfect. We're on a journey, aren't we? Yeah, so let's give each other mercy and grace and encouragement. You can do this. The power of God is dwelling within you. Just show them the scriptures. Look at what this says. That, that's talking about you. Get excited about this stuff. Don't just read it to get to the next verse. That's right. Read it and say, Lord, I want to live this way. You just pour your heart out to yeah. him. He, he says, I'll, I'll answer that. I'll answer that. He wants it to become a living word in yes. us. Yes, yes. So and so we have to know, and again, know and believe yes. that who we are in Christ and be submitted to Christ and his lordship. Mm -hmm. The second thing, if we're going to just begin to understand walking through spiritual warfare, is I must become more aware of the Holy Spirit's presence within me. All Very right? important. This is an important truth. Yeah. Why do I need to become aware of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me? Well, <laughs> Scripture says he's our teacher and our guide. Either Jesus is Lord and he knows what he's talking about and he knows what my life should look like, or, or I do. So I, I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit, yes. and I must talk to him. Help me, Holy Spirit. Right. To understand this word. Mm -hmm. be, be my teacher. I want you. I, you can just begin to submit yourself. I put myself under your lordship. Yes. I'm declaring you to be my teacher and guide through this life. Help me. You're yes. my helper. Scripture says that in the, in the gospel of John. Yes. That when Jesus goes away, he's going to send another comforter to be with you always. That's the Holy Spirit. To be our helper, yes. our comforter, our teacher, our guide. And Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us. This is so important. Spiritual this is why sometimes yeah. you can be dull. You can read the word of God and you're reading it like a textbook. Oh. <laughs> we read it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's a living word. It's like this is Jesus is the word of God. And so when we read, we ask the Holy Spirit, reveal what this means to me. Yeah. So he's the one who takes the word of God and gives me spiritual discernment. Yes. And to the measure Hallelujah. that I honor him and his role like that in my life. 
I recognize him, I acknowledge him this way, is the measure of revelation and truth that comes back to me. And Jesus said, and even more will come back. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Yeah. And so this is so important that we become aware of the Holy Spirit's presence on the inside mm-hmm. of us and acknowledge him. Yes. I submit to the Lord, and then I begin to recognize the Holy Spirit's presence. And then, you know, when Jesus ascended back into heaven, this is oh, goes to number This is really three. important for us to understand. When Jesus ascended back into heaven, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Then he says, therefore you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just gave us his authority. Yeah. You've got to understand that you have delegated authority by the Son of God himself. Matthew 28, Mark 16. These are things that we've got to know in our heart because when you know these things, the devil is starting to just kind of get nervous because you're (laughs) going to start taking territory back from him that he has stolen from you. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much territory that he has stolen from us because of our ignorance or our passivity. Yeah. We don't want to be ignorant. We don't want to be passive. God has called us soldiers in his army. We, we, we have to understand it truly is life or death. I don't want to walk off this planet and then he's saying, why didn't you do everything I asked you to do? And because I didn't know. I don't want that to come out of my mouth. He's given us the Bible. Understand, we have to know this this God-given, delegated authority in Christ Jesus so that we can pray. We can stand against the devil's wiles. That's number three. Yeah, I have to Number three, yes. This isn't intellectual knowledge. This is experiential knowledge. The word is, I can't pronounce the Greek word, but there's, there's different words in the Bible, Greek words that talk about knowledge this word is experiential knowledge I want to have experiential knowledge I want to be in the fight I want to start gaining territory I want to know how God is going to work through me because he has given me delegated authority and just like Pastor Mamie says I might feel like the little toe on the big on the foot but the Bible says he raised me up far above All principalities, powers, and mights. So yeah. even if you're just the bottom of the foot, you're far above the Hallelujah. devil. That's right. It's really important for us to know. You know, the devil knows this. Demons know this. Yeah. See, we're supposed to be anointed of God. If you're, if you're born again, you have an anointing from God inside of you. And we have to exercise that anointing so it grows stronger. Remember when the madman of Gadara came up to Jesus? He came up trembling and fell at his feet and says, What do you have to do with me, son of the most high God? Are you come here to torment me before the time? Mm-hmm. Listen, you're in Christ. Yeah. Christ is in you. Well, you put that armor on, keep the faceplate down, that devil might think it's Jesus himself. 
<laughs> so we understand, we must understand that he has given us this delegated authority in his name. What does it say, Mark 16? We're going to cast out devils. And then what does it say? Remember when he sent the other 70 out to heal? This is what he said, Luke 10, verse 19. And, and the Amplified really wants us to understand this. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. Nothing shall in any way harm you. They know, demons know that you have authority over them in the name of Jesus. But what we need to do is we have to awaken to it. We have to start getting ourselves in the battle. That's right. Yeah. We can't, yeah. just don't let the devil come in and take territory off of your life. Right. Don't yeah. let him come and steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, yeah. listen, if somebody comes in and starts stealing stuff out of your house, what are you going to do? Well, go ahead. I guess it's, you know, you're here. No. That's right, yeah. Same thing with us. Yeah. We're going to understand we have delegated authority, and in the name of Jesus Christ, we're going to put him on the run. Yeah. And That's by right. putting him on the run, we'll have much fun. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to number four, <laughs> the last one. I have to be willing, then, to act upon the leading of the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? I have to be willing to do something. I may know scripture. You could hear this message today. You have knowledge of scripture. Mm -hmm. Even memorize it. Be able to recite it back from memory. Mm -hmm. But if I don't act upon it, it's right. just all dormant. It does nothing. It's just powerless then. I have to exercise my spiritual authority. Yes. My spiritual muscles. You know, when you come to Christ, you don't know these things. So it's like you got to like, oh, use these, these spiritual muscles. How do we do that? It's how we think. We talked about this before, casting down that imagination. Yep. I'm going to think on this, and I'm not going to just think it. I'm going to speak it. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to start believing this and speaking it, and I'm going to actually use it in my prayer life, over myself, over my family. That's how we do the warfare. Yep. This is how they become spiritual warfare for us, because remember, it's all up here in our mind. And there is an anointing on the name of Jesus that the devil's afraid of. Yes. There's an anointing on the word of God when it's spoken in faith that the devil is afraid of. Yes. There's power in the name and in the word of God to, to break and cast off the devil's power. Yes. Over your life and over your children's lives. You know, I, I, well, before we take communion, I just I want to share a quick story. I've shared this maybe a few times before, but it fits. You know, years ago when our daughter was just in grade school, I probably second or third grade, it, you know, she was a happy kid, normal kid, well-adjusted, had friends. I mean, just like what you'd say was a normal. She had great parents. <laughs> <laughs> we were learning the word of God at well, this yeah, point. Yeah, we were. Yep. But at times, I began to notice she'd have these moments where maybe before going to school, you know, she's sitting at the table and eating, and she'd just become quiet and I could just tell, like, her countenance would drop almost somber. And I'd be like, honey, is everything all right? And 
yeah, you know, she's like, yeah. So, okay, you pass it off. Okay, bye, go to school. And then maybe a week later, mm -hmm. the same kind of thing. It always just seemed like I would notice it, you know, in the morning or maybe after school at times. Kind of like this little cloud would come over her. And I, she'd be like seemingly good, and then she'd just sit there, get real inward, and everything all right? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking, okay. But once she told me, I feel like I'm just, I don't know, like I'm all alone, and like nobody likes me. Just, and it was, I could tell it was really bothering her. And yep. in the natural, I knew this wasn't true. And I do what most parents do at that point. Oh, every, of course, honey, we love you. You give them a hug and, you know, hey, after school, let's go do this. And you try to take your child's mind off of it and you do something from the natural. But it began to bother me. And I was learning to lean into the Holy Spirit and do these things. Like, right. wait a minute, and I have authority in Christ. And there's, I think, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, there's some spiritual warfare going on here. And so as I began to lean into him and asking him, well, mm -hmm. show me what's going on in her heart, you know, the, this pattern was going on and off for it seemed like some months till one morning, you know, she's brushing her teeth before school and, and it, it hit, it, like this thing came on her again. And she said, Mom, I'm, and this time she said, Mom, I'm having that feeling again. And it was like in this moment, and it was by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Right. It was like I knew it was a demonic attack, I, and it was subtle, this knowing, but it was very real. It was like the devil is trying to, is telling her lies to her mind and trying to get her to believe it, and I thought, devil, you are not going to have my Amen. kid. <laughs> it's like this mama bear, you know, <laughs> rises up. It's, so after she's done brushing her teeth, we went and sat on the bed, and I said, honey, just let me pray for you before you go to school, and just calmly you know, in the name of Jesus, yes. laid my hand on her and just said, in the name of Jesus, I, I break the, the power. power of this lie. You know, I break the power of the devil. I plead the blood of Jesus mm -hmm. over her. You are set apart for God. Nothing, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yep. Uh, you go to school today protected and loved by God and, and the blood of Jesus. Amen. And that was the last time that ever happened to her. And I think to myself, you know, yeah, glory to God. how easy it would be. And I think about all these children today going, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am. What's my identity? And I think, oh, parents, Christians. Time to take our place. Time to take our place. Yeah. yeah. Time to take our place. And so I, I, believe that, I, I believe that story is helpful to help us understand just how yeah. subtle it can be and how we can push it away in the natural and try to fix it in the natural when it's actually That's something that only the Holy Spirit can, yeah. can do mm -hmm. to break that bondage. Yes. So let, let's, we're going to take communion here before we close out. And when we take this communion, a communion is, do you understand it's a blood covenant? And the covenant is not like a contract. It's greater than a contract. It's a blood covenant. And during the blood covenant, what has been made is that it, this covenant that we're part of is Jesus made this covenant with God the Father. So it can't be broken. And we're invited in to all the benefits and responsibilities of that covenant. Part of that covenant is just like it was in the Old Testament. Here, bring it right up here, guys. It's, it's the individual would take off his weapons 
and give it to the person that he's making this blood covenant with. And that person would give his weapons to the opposite guy. Understand, we don't really have any weapons to give Jesus. <laughs> Just our heart. But yet he has given us with an oath in his blood that he will fulfill every promise to you that he's ever made. This is why it's so important for us to take communion. He's given us himself. And these elements represent his body and his blood. This is an amazing thing that we get to partake of. We get to partake of a covenant that can never be broken. Ever. And when we come to the understanding of what that covenant provides, we'll start to walk in the truth of it. And this is what God is inviting us into when we take this communion. Understand, He's saying to you, I've given you my life. I've given you my name. I've given you the authority to use so that you could put the devil underfoot, get him off of your territory, kick him out of your mind, and start walking in the mind of the Spirit. This is powerful stuff that we are partaking of. And we have to meditate on these things. They have to become real to us. Just like I said, it has to be experientially real. I don't want to know and have book knowledge. I want to have experiential knowledge with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit so I can do battle in a greater way. Amen? So if we would come down the aisle and go back this way, come and serve yourself, please. Do you want to let them know who should partake of communion? Yes. And then when, when uh, we uh, are all back at our seats, we'll take the communion together. And now, if you're not a believer, do not partake of this. This is a serious thing. Or if you would like to be a believer. Raise your hand. We'll, we'll you, pray you with come you right partake. here, right yeah. now. <laughs> if you want to give your life to Christ, then come and, and Yes. So let's just get up. If you want to come for communion, just quickly form a line and come forward and go back to your seat. And then we'll partake the elements together.
done for us, Lord, through the blood and broken body of Christ. We remember, Lord, we do this in remembrance of you and of your second coming. You are coming again. Thank you, Lord. So we partake with that hope in mind. bread represents the bread of life, Jesus. Again, we cannot experience true life until we really submit our lives to Jesus. And so he's inviting us into a covenant. He's inviting us in in a deeper way. Go ahead and bring this. broken for us. Yes. So that our body, mind, our soul, our spirit be healed in Jesus' name. his blood for the forgiveness of sin when we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness so we just take a moment to let the Holy Spirit examine our heart help us maybe you need to repent of sin renew your faith in Christ yes to follow him to submit to his lordship this is important it says that we should judge ourselves before we take this so that we do it in a worthy manner. Yes. set that cup in there and we'll take care of it later. Father, we want to thank you that you've invited us into this covenant that your life is within us. Lord, we want to, in a sense, liberate that life of you inside of us. We want to represent you well, Lord. We want to do battle. We want to be fierce in battle want to walk with you all the days of our lives in Jesus wonderful name amen